you know, if I look at a problem, I'm like, okay, well, that's not a problem. That's just a block. How do we get around it? And I actually believe that is what entrepreneurship is. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wonderful Leaders podcast. And uh, you have uh, the privilege of listening to me as always, but actually an even even better privilege today is I've got a, someone I've known for many years um, on and off through business life and through the location where we live, lived, but also someone who I've looked at from afar as uh, just an incredible young entrepreneur and someone who's really made a way in life where, you know, I think so many of us have taken years to get to where we've got to and we've, you know, we've tried and we've, we've We've gone through the grind and the hustle of entrepreneurship and Ben Towers seems to have got there a uh, hundred times quicker than anyone else. And he's uh, but he's a great young man. So welcome to the pod, Ben. No, thank you for having me. For those that don't know you, can you just tell us what a typical day in the life of Ben Towers looks like? Yeah, it's, it varies. I mean, I'm not like a massively morning person. So yeah, for me, I have my first meeting is about 10 o'clock, uh, crack on the day, you go to the gym before work. And yeah, so and now I'm running Apple, which and we do health insurance and employee benefits. So my days like mixed around internal stuff because I still very much actively running the product side of things and sales side of the business. So there's a lot of you know, sales calls, internal calls with developers and team and so on. But then the other side of it is then the customer management, onboarding, products. We're working in the very regulated space in health insurance. So yeah, my days like really random. And at the moment, we also um, do our fundraise. So, in the other then side of my day to day at the moment is pitching to investors. And that's just, you know, you can do like eight or nine of them in a day and just sort of do the same pitch over and over again. You have to, you know, I actually would say that sometimes entrepreneurship is lack of performance. Like, you are a performer to a certain point of view, you are a storyteller. And so, that's something definitely when you're fundraising that I've you know, come to realize is you're going to put in that smile, give the story, sell, sell the business see how it goes so yeah it does vary and then um often by the evenings uh as often a lot of investor dinners or seeing other founders is something really important to me i love networking but yeah i think right now it feels very cool heavy but if you ask me again in the months maybe it'd be more meeting head i don't know brilliant brilliant no, i mean it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate at the moment so i just want to before we get into happen because i want to find out loads more about that but tell us take us back to the beginning to when you first started in business and how and why did you get into sort of entrepreneurship so so young? Yeah, I've I've always been like that fit, say, who was a bit reckless, a little bit, sort of like pushing the boundaries. Like I remember when I was in school, I was like taking apart the printers. I was in the IT room um, chatting away to um, the IT teacher. I, I always, I loved that. And I'm going to put in it, I was quite disruptive at school as well. And so when I was about 11, um, I remember my mum's family friend, she was from a local church I was going to in Kent, sort of sat me down and was like, Ben, you get tech, and you build me a website. So basically learn from that age how to build websites. It was literally on YouTube, just Googling how to build a contact form, how to do this, how to do that. And without realising, you know, at the time, mentally, for me, it was a challenge and I love the challenge. But then, you know, Batman became a business and I was 13 and then realized it was a company. You know, my, my perspective at that age on what is a business was very much what you see on TV. It was these big corporate offices in London where you see the apprentice in the boardroom and things like that, whereas the reality was I was a young kid in his bedroom building websites, and that's a company. So did that, and then so to do more and more websites, then started to do more marketing because people were like, look, 
we have this website about how do we get more hits and people viewing it. And then eventually we actually really specialized in social marketing, so like influence marketing and, and that whole sort of like space. And yeah, long story short, when I was 18, I ended up exiting and leaving that um, company. And I, the main reason was I re- I've always wanted to build something, like build a product. Um, and so, you know, marketing, I love it. It's great. And it's still a big passion of mine. But I was actually, you know, now I feel like at the time where I want to go and start doing that. So, yeah, left that business, had some really random roles actually after that. I was um, working with the royal family for a bit, I was working with the UK government doing a youth entrepreneurship review. I was spending a lot of time in Bahrain, a lot of time in New Zealand, working with the government there. Um, and then ended up becoming the communication director at GlaxoSmithKline. Did that for nearly a year. And whilst I was there, we were doing all the employee benefits and internal comms around the merger of Pfizer, so the $10 billion merger. And that basically is what led to me starting Apple and you know, where we are today. Wow. I mean, that feels like two careers in one. Like, you know, and you just, <laughs> only to get you to where you are today. Amazing. So... Look, I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Maybe you have or haven't. But what do you think brought around this success so early in your career? You know what? I think that question also comes down to another question which I'm constantly asked or like I think about is, are you born an entrepreneur or are you made an entrepreneur? Right. And I think that comes down as well to like this point as well. Because for me, I think if I was to look at what has led to this success, I would say it's my constant desire to want to problem solve and want to want to you know, push things and yeah you know, if i look at a problem i'm like okay well that's not a problem that's just a block how do we get around it and i actually believe that is what entrepreneurship is i don't i'm not i'm not a big believer in entrepreneurship or everything i think genuinely that is the spirit of entrepreneurship and that's what makes you know a business leader or a startup founder compared to maybe someone who wants to do what they're told and, and have that sort of more security but that sort of role and so for me, I'd say, you know, even from a really young age, that was the thing. If the teacher ever said to me, you can't do that or that's not possible, my mind was in, how do we make that possible? And so I would probably say, you know, when you're 11, you don't know business, you don't know tax, you don't know finance, you don't know any of that. But what you do know is, how do I get around this hurdle? And so I'd say that is something I still believe in right now. I mean, even this morning, you know, in our dev calls, when developers like, okay, I've hit this roadblock, here it is. And I, my, my mind instantly goes to, how do we get around that and so yeah i would put that down to probably the, the biggest pillar behind you know for me personally that drive to be able to make things successful so do you think that drive is is you know are entrepreneurs born or made do you think that drive is built in i mean for you you started at 11 so there's got to be something built into you right that's got that constant drive that constant kind of will to solve problems and remove roadblocks but have you also learned some of that along the way have you got better at it is you have you got sharper over the years yeah, I would say the answer whether you're born or or made is a is a hard one. Like, I think I think it's evidence of both sides. Um, but the, for me, I know from as young as I can remember, or even as young as my mum would tell me, I've always been like that. So I, I I believe for me that's always been the big thing. But I do believe over time I've come to shape it, and you know, you start to think about you know, from experiences and how you bring it together and so on. So I'm not going to say you're born and you're ready to go off you go. I do think you need experience to learn and to do that. That's also why they say second time founders are often better than first time because you've learned so much. Even if it's failed, you've learned so much and you're able to go. So you've still got that relentless pursuit for like, okay, I want a problem solved. But then the other side of it is you've also then learned how not to do it or what you can do to cut corners or make things quicker and so on. Yeah, no, that, that's that's brilliant. So, I mean, you know, there's 
there's been this journey and it's kind of taken you into sort of, you know, from 11 years old right up to sort of dealing with, you know, multi-billion pound mergers, you know, which is, you know, it's quite a journey. And then you go and start Apple. So tell us about the, what's the origin story there, you know, so how and why did you start Apple? Yeah, so obviously I, I always knew when I was doing these three random roles, say random three different roles, I always knew I was going to start another company. That, that was a given. It was more just for me. I was like, look, 18 when I did that, I was like, you know what? I just need to like almost catch up with my child, have some fun, do some amazing, cool things. Like, you know, walk around the palace, meeting people. Like, it's not the sort of experience you get when you're that age. And I'm, I know I'm so fortunate to have that opportunity to do that. And I would never sort of knock that. Um, but I was, I knew, okay, I am going to go and do something again soon. And what, did I know what it was? Not really. Um, but, you know, I was open to it. Then actually what the, you know, the real reason why it started Apple was because actually down to um, some family members and a really close friend of mine going through some you know, um, quite challenging mental health challenges. And it led to me saying, look, I want to do something to address this. I want to support, support them in their journey. But I was like, I'm not a doctor. So I can't help them you know, some the clinical support, but I can help them with, I call it like, stage one the access to support the community but let's help them you know but the sort of stuff which every single person listening to this right now can do right so that's what really got that drive you know i was personally affected by i want to support them i was like okay whatever i do now has to be in this space and so that's why you know it's happened we, we focus on the employee benefits piece because i didn't re- i didn't realize that companies can do so much more companies have the the, the capacity to give employees access to healthcare in record speeds and next day things like that you have the opportunity to provide therapy and support but that's preventative and not you're unwell how can we treat you and so that's what really got me into this space of going you know what i can get people access to great support by really working on what i call the plumbing and that be access to peace and so i still feel like i'm in the space but i also realize i'm not the one giving me advice and that's okay because everyone's got a part to play amazing so, I mean, what's what's the what's the the mission and the, and and the big dream for Apple? Yeah. So the mission for us is ultimately to make poor and benefits as inclusive as possible. So up until now, it's one size fits all. And a great example, even in a you know, context of this. So a lot of companies will sit there and now they will pay for a meditation app for their whole workforce and roll it out. Now, actually, you know, different people have different religions, and actually, you want to have a meditation app that is built around your religion and is focused around that. Now, companies aren't rolling that out because the HR team are never going to be able to go, okay, have we got a Christian one, a Muslim one? Have we got all these things? No, because there's just so many to think about. So that's a big element for me where, you know, as a Christian, I'm like, okay, how can we ultimately help people to be more inclusive and get the things that is relevant for each person? So that's really, you know, that's like our mission is to really be that inclusive provider. Amazing. Now, one of the big things that really work heavily in now is the health insurance space super regulated super old school but also it's not very inclusive at all and so that's a big area that i'm spending a lot of my time in we're actually about to launch our own health insurance proposition basically means that we can really innovate and change the incumbents that are already on the market and that i love that because for me i love the idea of walking into an old school industry and saying look we're here and we're here to spin it upside down but at the same time of it the challenging side of it and come back to the earlier part of this conversation about problem solving and yeah love pace speed you don't have that if you're in a regulated industry that's been around for years and years and years because you know i remember we'll be in a meeting with the fca and they'll be like okay 
perfect. Right, we run out of time now. Let's speak again in the month. Now I'm like, in the month? No, no, no. Like we're mid conversation. Let's crack on and get this done over lunch, or let's stay a few more hours and get this finished. But for them, they don't do that. So that's the frustrating part of being in it. But I'm also like, but the light at the end of the tunnel is we can produce a product which is going to help more people and get access to better support for you know, a wider variety of population. Wow, that's incredible. So actually, one of the in terms of your kind of brand and product roadmap. You guys are actually going to be launching a health insurance product available to the market, UK market. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. How do you kind of keep yourself sane and keep yourself going when you've got such a, you know, a, a broad range of things that you're doing each day? You're focusing not just only on your core product, but insurance products, FCA compliance, investors, funding. How do you keep yourself grounded? Yeah, I'd say a few things. I think one is like, obviously, the church community for me is a massive thing because these are people who are not in business, you know, and that to me is that, you know, seeing them actually is a massive element for me in my life to be able to have that. And I'd also say, actually, I've never been a big meditator in a sense of like, I really struggle just to put on my headphones and listen to you know, a guided meditation. Do I, My mind always wanders. And I spent ages thinking that, like, why is that? And actually, you know, there's a massive population of society who are exactly the same where it's really hard to get your mind just to pause because it's always thinking and maybe that's the entrepreneurial side maybe that's I don't know but Evan was like okay how do I find a method of relaxation that is a reflection that is going to work for me and is going to you know work for how my brain works so for me I actually float tanks and float tanks are like best way of describing them it's the size of a double bed but it's like a pod and it's full of um, water with full of Epsom salt and you literally lie on it and you just float and then you shut the lid and it goes pitch black and you, you're in there for like 40 45 minutes and like you let you basically let your mind wander so you'll be thinking about all these random things and like it's designed to be like hey look just let your let you, you just let it out and i always come out of them and i'm like you know what i just processed all of my thoughts and thought about everything and because you're floating it's designed to be you know sensory it's different you haven't got any sort of pressure on your body bob around um and the first time going in is quite scary because like you're in a pitch black like a coffin sort of thing but after that now i go about once a fortnight and for me that is a massive thing that helps me mentally to just to unwind and unpack things that's amazing so you literally would just put yourself in that environment where there's kind of like completely black completely relaxed no distractions and that kind of really helps you to just unwind and and do you come out feeling with more clarity? Does that sort of help to bring clarity for the next next couple of weeks? Definitely. I, I walk out of the, the, the pod or the, the spa space and I'm like, oh my word, where's my notebook? And I'm like writing down the things I've been thinking about and so on. And yeah, for me, that's, yeah, definitely. I think that probably, if you were to describe what it does, it, it brings clarity and also closure. So, you know, there are times where, even in business, as you're, as you're down as an employer, you know, there's times where, things really get on your nerves or something happens and you just sort of park it you never really close it in your mind and so sometimes i'll think about those and i'll close it or you know, sometimes i'm like i just need to think about that and get clarity so yeah i think that's yeah it's that two c's closure and clarity yeah i like that look at that it's like a little marketing strap line right there <laughs> you mentioned a couple of times ben like um sort of church and community and faith but what role does kind of faith play in your life yeah, I'd say, I mean, so I grew up my whole life um, in church um, and my parents and both went to church in sort of Medway and Kent. So I think 
you have like your typical journey of like, I think most young people have these days of church where you you go younger you go to all the kids the, the junior staff and you reach like 15 16 and a lot of people that I know you know, maybe stop going or um fall out of touch or whatever it might be and um so that happened to me you know I was I was in sort of I was sort of going out of process I started to get involved with like doing the sound desks and, and, and involved doing things like that but I was very much there to almost to serve more than to actually you know, be there for my own religion and so on uh, and faith so yeah that's definitely a big thing but moving to London yeah I just almost met like a new community of people I think that again met real refresher to go actually you know what sometimes it is so that you do have to just have that change and and so on and that in a sense ignited you know, just a new um sort of spark in me I met you know amazing friends but you know I would now like you know, met some of my best best friends I've met through that change and so on and so yeah I'd say the community element is a massive element for me faith side of things you know I actually believe that um look, I think there's two two ways of in business two ways of approaching it one is to approach them okay I'm going to do something in business phase in faith driven or faith run like uh and uh, a good friends of mine run glorified Christian meditation app. You know, they're good man. I'm going, okay, we're going to make um yeah an app around Christian. That's one way. The other way is I think that you know, I'm going to run a business. I'm not maybe going to run it run a Christian business. I'm going to run it, but I'm going to have a strong element within my business. So the way I manage people, the way I run things is massively driven by my faith. And to me, I I go down that route. I'm not saying one right or wrong, but that's almost the way I go. So look, I, I'm not like any more talking about it, but you know. I would say the team are aware, you know, this is what I do. If they ask into the weekend, I'll tell them I went to church. And so I don't hide it. And actually, believe for me, I think your people leadership skills are massively impacted by your faith. And I think that's, that's a big thing for me, I really enjoy. I actually, I always say, people say, oh, what's the best business book you can read? Is it like Lean Startup or this or that? I've actually read the Bible because like, that's leadership over the years. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a massive element for me, which I've learned a lot and not through. That's brilliant. No, that's amazing. And I, and I loved, um, just thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing what I think is a really sort of honest and well-rounded answer because I think, you know, it's easy to kind of give the highlights, you know, the kind of, you know, faith's important and it matters every day. And, you know, that that's great. But actually sharing how that helps you to lead people and how that even helps with the vision because, you know, I also really believe that people like you that have got an active faith but are solving problems that are inclusive to people of all faiths and none it's absolutely vital it's absolutely so important and you know we, we had Henry Costa on the pod a while ago with Glorify and just sort of shaping you know hearing his vision to really impact that that Christian community and encourage that but actually we need businesses that are encouraging and helping and empowering people of no faiths or all faiths and none you know so yeah absolutely love that and thanks for sharing that Ben so Kind of, I want to just take a slightly different, different angle. It's a question that I've, I think I've always kind of wanted to ask you just to someone that I've, I've known for a few years. Like, how have you? What's your experience been of sort of being mentored or coached by you know maybe the, either people in business or not pe- people not in business that have gone before? Have you have you have have you been mentored and coached? Have a good experience is not so good. What's that look like in your life? Mentoring for me has always been like critical because I think I've realized that you know mentoring is a way partly actually if I'm honest mentoring for me was more like a, a sounding board for me to confirm my thoughts and sort of stress test certain thinking when it was getting answers to things 
Yeah, I think that's a really different between mentoring and coaching. You know, mentoring is more of a conversation, but they're not telling you what to do. Whereas coaching is, you know, a lot more, you should do this, you should do that. Coaching I've always struggled with. And maybe that's like the sort of the reckless part of entrepreneurship. I don't want to be told what to do. I want to do it myself, but I like to have that sounding board. And look, I think I've had all different types of mentors. I've had like really high profile ones. So like Richard Branson mentored me for a little while. He's a massive supporter. Like he's posting about me online. And, you know, you get things like that, which are like amazing and so on. The mentoring that he provides is maybe very different to mentoring that, you know, a local person in Kent can provide, but also not saying either is right or wrong because it's actually very different in their, their top line. You know, I think what Richard really inspired into me was this idea that, you know, you can push boundaries, you can make things happen. You know, a man of his age is still breaking world records. And, he's, you know, you look at that and you're like, actually, that really gives you a kick in that motivation. Whereas I have also had mentors rising Kent and, who are you know, people who had their career and were like, you know what, I can just help you do that. And one guy, for example, I know really well, uh, Richard, so he used to be in finance, people like, like companies like Apple and things like that. And I remember sitting down to him and saying, Richard, to be quite honest with you, I just really struggle to understand a financial forecast. You know, it's not an area you necessarily learn at school and that because a lot of my entrepreneurship has been self-taught and not, not great. And he literally sat me down and we walked through, you know, what is EBITDA, what is this, what is that, how did it all come together? And, you know, that now and at the time, you know, maybe it was less relevant because I think when I was running, you know, with this in my bedroom, you're less worried about sort of both things. At the end of the day, it's cash in the bank, which is the key. Whereas that now it's much more critical because I've got investors who want monthly reports and I've got to be able to you know, defend they relying on those reports. So, yeah, I'd say mentoring comes in all shapes. But I think a few things that really annoy me about mentoring is... One is some people try and charge for it. I don't think you should ever charge for mentoring. I think it should come out come out of your heart. Coaching, I understand charging because maybe you actually should spend a lot more time with a person. And mentoring, I believe, yeah, it comes from the heart. And I also believe everyone can mentor. The second point, I, I think that if you can literally be a junior marketing executive, but I can tell you now there are people 10 steps behind you at university who would love to have, how did you get to there? And actually sometimes that's more relatable than having, you know, like you or I, Dan, who are like, you know, one in the company because yeah, she's sort of having someone who got her first job in the industry is really relatable for people. So I think that's the second point. And the third thing I'd say about mentoring that for me has been really inspirational is having lots of mentors, not one. But I think in a way, if you want to be the best person you can, get a mentor who's phenomenal at finance, a mentor who's phenomenal at um, marketing or growth or whatever it is you want to do. And having lots of experts, you then grow into you know, becoming this sort of generalist expert of lots of things whereas if you just have one person you're only ever really gonna be able to go as far as that one person necessarily no that's that's excellent and and there's really again also really well-rounded answer i think because i think sometimes people in business are looking for that that golden person that's just going to help them through it but actually in that kind of tribe mentality and working in that community mentality i've found is so helpful when it comes to mentoring i mean how easy and how easy was it to access those kind of mentors? I mean, you're talking about Richard Branson, who's obviously one of the most high-profile business people in the world. But on your journey, you know, you've, you mentioned another Richard. How how accessible have mentors been for you? It varies. I mean, I've never actually really gone out and looked for a mentor. Like, that's never been available account. I think it's generally more you meet some super cool people and about at events or so on, and you're like, oh, can I just get a coffee? And that's generally how it's always started. I just get a coffee. And sometimes that mentoring session is just a coffee and just a chat and you learn a lot from that. Sometimes it's a lot more. 
Um, you know, something even for me right now is I'm like, look, I, I definitely don't have the time to do structured mentoring and meet someone every month and help them and so on. But I'm always like, um, let someone, someone knows, like, look, I just have a quick coffee and just chat about my business idea or chat about something. I'm like, yeah, I'll give you a quick half an hour of coffee and we can chat about it. So I think there's value in that. Um, which came about because um, I was doing a lot of Virgin and um, some of the other sort of bits and bobs like marketing clients and so on. And that meet came at an event and that was then how that started. Um, so again, it was like quick, quick, coincidental. I didn't go, I want him to be my mentor. It was just, oh, look, I'd love to say, I don't know. And then, you know what? I'll be cheeky. Do you mind having a coffee? It took about three or four months to get in, but we eventually got it. You know, like um, Richard and Kent, you know, that that was a bit more, had a bit more structured where it was like, yeah, should get the coffee. We went for the first coffee. And then we said, look, we'll just do this monthly. And so I think actually that's the best mentoring than a forced sort of structure. I also don't think you should message someone and go, oh, hey, Dan, can you be my mentor? Because I actually think that there's a relationship there. There's a friendship that's built. And so I think you need to just almost, it's like dating. You have to go for like a date and see actually, are we going to get on? Do we really understand each other and have a great conversation? Yeah, we do. Okay, let's discuss. Maybe do this more regularly. Brilliant. No, that, that's, that's fantastic. So who's inspired you over the years? You know, on this journey so far, who's and who inspires you now? When I first started out, you know, it was the, the Richard Bransons, the people like that, you know, these big um, entrepreneurs who I, for me, who just love the fact that I call it they're in control of their own destiny. Like they literally, you, know, you are running a business and you do as you do. Actually, if I'm honest, um, I also was always really inspired by my granddad. Um, he runs a campsite music, music business um, up in Cumbria. I just loved how he could always just, you know, live his live his life how he wants. You get up when you want. You do things. He's always up early. He's always cracking on. I remember I'd go and stay with him when I was really young, and we'd like go and do piano deliveries for his clients, and we'd do this or that, and do organ fittings for his, you know, his um, churches and so on. And I remember, like, for me, I'm, even when I was like, I've been like eight, nine years old, I'd go along with him, like, is it winter and plumbing along, and I just you sit there like, you know what? This is so cool. How you know, he's he's not going to book holiday. He's not going to do any of this. He's just doing him. And yeah, you've got the challenges behind that and the lack of security, but you've also got the positives. So that actually, I'd say, was more of an inspiration than some of these big, high-profile names and things like that. Now, um, who inspires me a lot more? Actually, I get more inspiration from some of these, like, under-the-radar founders who have now come to me, some investors in us, people like that. So one person who inspires me a lot is that... uh, and I would now call him a friend. It's Tom, who founded him at Monzo Bank and things like that. And he's an investor in our company as well. And every time I speak to him, you, you'll lay a problem and he'll be like, so what? How are you going to get around it? Like, just so blunt. And I, and you, yeah, I think, you know, if, you, if, if I'd have had that sort of advice five years ago or four years ago, I would have been like, oh my word, what do I do? But now, you know, it's, it's really bad. And so I remember having a conversation about fundraising. He's like, look, if you don't raise, it's what it is. You know, you just that reality check that, you know, really inspires me to go, you know, that sort of that blunt mentality on business. I think that's what makes that's what makes the business so successful is to really have that, okay, well let's just give it our best shot. Let's crack on like what we're waiting on. And so yeah, people like that I'd say inspire me more day to day now than maybe some of these like celebrity entrepreneurs. Brilliant. And you mentioned a couple of things earlier in terms of like, you know, what you do to relax and switch up. But what do you do for fun? You know, what what else keeps? Because I know that entrepreneurs and people like you, you, when you're always on, you kind of, you need that outlet for fun and the outlet. And sometimes it's an always on outlet or sometimes it's a complete chill outlet. 
but you always need that kind of that energy piece. So what what does that look like for you? Yeah, I, I can't do like complete chill. I do. I'm not. A, if I go on holiday, I'm not a person you'll find in the sun lounger lying around. You know, I'm not getting up at seven a.m. put my towel on the bed at all. Like for me, I want to explore. I want. I remember I was in Greece uh, on holiday, and I was like, oh. Turkey's only half an hour ferry away. Let's go to Turkey for a day. Let's have an explore. Like for me, I want to do that. But I love traveling. I love seeing that. I play a lot of table tennis. Um, my dad's a coach. I've grown up playing it. Um, very high standard where I can compete and do these sort of things. And so for me, that's also a massive element. I think I also see it as meditation because I find the bounce of the ball really therapeutic. You're not on your phone. You hear the sort of bounce, 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 bounce. And so that definitely for me is a big element that um, I love and that's and uh, also like you know, seeing friends and, and traveling and say it's a, a big thing but i also love meeting new people and and i'm really fortunate to have recent friends who get invited to some quite cool events and i love sort of going along and sort of his nice times with them so like, tonight i'm going to the mcdonald's and they're launching their winter menu and my friends get invited who are like these tiktokers and they're like do you want to come i said yeah you know what? i'll come and it's going to sound exciting so like i love just going to these random things and just sort of experiencing complete new worlds brilliant love that there's that adventure in you there's like constantly on that adventure and i can just yeah see that across your life which is brilliant so final question ben you know um what one piece of advice would you give your younger self i would say like don't judge yourself by other people and so like one thing that you know from really a really young age imposter syndrome has always been something where you think i am this young person in this room am i worthy to be here am i why am i here what's what's the story what's this what's that and something i've always battled with and even i'd say right now it's still something that is is a big thing for me and i remember you know sitting in the room with um she just left but she was the ceo of our like biggest competitor in the health insurance space and um, i remember sitting there meeting her and i'm sitting there like what makes me you know, a 24 year old able to sit in front of someone who is you know, running the biggest player in the uk market and having a having lunch and and mentally i think that's always been a challenge and so my advice to my younger self would be like just don't care what other people think um i'm not saying like be rude be horrible not that at all that's you know that is always more like okay how did how to make that person feel and but I think that's just different. This is more around you're in that room because you're, you're worthy of being in that room. You're not in that room because you're the, the charity case or because someone said, oh, you know what, I'll bring him in because it looks good. Like, not at all. You're in that room and having that meeting with that person because they want to meet you, they're interested, they want to help, whatever it is. And so, and own that. And I think, I'm not saying I've got the answer now, but it's something that I wish I was, you know, if, if I was younger, if I'd have had that mentality, maybe I'd be, maybe I'd have, as we can call it experience that I don't know. No, that is a brilliant answer. You know what? So many people will be able to resonate with that because I really, just on my own journey and, and sort of mentoring other entrepreneurs and just what we do now is that is a consistent problem. It's that almost that sense of like, you know, have I got it? Am I good enough to be here? You know, and that validation piece and that ultimately can only happen internally, you know, otherwise you just look for external validation. So, you know, thanks for sharing that, Ben, and thanks for sharing that, you know, openly and honesty about that. Ben, I've loved this chat with you, mate. It's so good to be able to do this on the pod with you and uh, bless you and everything you're doing. Thank you for spending this time with us. And, yeah, good luck with the fundraise and everything else going on. Right. Thank you for having me. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Wonderful Leaders podcast. To be part of the community, join us on Slack and follow us on Instagram. Simply look us up at wonderfulleaders.com. See you there.